1: Right, everyone ready to go? (laughs) All right, let's get going. Good morning everyone and welcome to caucus. Well it's actually afternoon, we're coming to you late today and thank goodness we are. Because that was strategic was
2: <laughs> Yeah, good, good luck or good management, who knows, but yes,
1: right timing. Stuff has been happening. Um, in the past couple of hours Grant Robertson has taken to the tiles down in Parliament and announced that um, Labour is taking a slightly different
3: approach to its tax plan um, than it was this time yesterday. Yeah, it's called in technical terms and politics, swallowing a dead rat. That's right. It doesn't Tastes pleasant but someone has to get it off the table and he decided he was going to be the one who was going to stomach this particular blow. It's been dogging labour, to mix my metaphors, (laughs) uh, pretty badly and they've finally decided to act. Look, the, the the point is that it's the capital gains tax has been the big mm. thing, but it's been
1: tax clarity across the board. What or, is labor, off, or labor? Or what out. is Labour going to do with tax? The working group they're going to take advice from in their first term, but what will that working group say and what will then Labour do with that? That uncertainty has been a gift to National, um, uh, but it's been something that Labour's been very clear on. So what we're going to do is just go through what Labour's said in the past couple of weeks. So let's go back to August 22nd first. This is Jacinda Ardern talking to Guy on Morning Report.
0: I am not going to wait uh, until another election to determine what we do with the advice that we get from those experts. Okay, so because that's... I need to have the ability uh, to make the best decisions in the interest of New Zealand, and I need to have the opportunity to do
3: that okay, as a so leader.
0: And, and so that was a couple of weeks ago, um,
1: but the tax questions kept coming. And so on Tuesday, Guyan asked the question again and got
0: this response. My second option was to simply say, whatever it generates in the next three years, I won't act on it. I'll take it to the next election. That didn't feel right to me either. When I know housing is such a big issue, uh, to have someone so, give me a report yeah. and not do so anything with it. So that's what you want
3: to move on. So you can tell it's my interview because I'm interrupting there. But um, <laughs> the, the the important thing is, is there she is saying, this is just too important to leave till after the 2020 election. The housing crisis is too great. There are people living in cars, there are people who are being forced out of the housing market and I can't afford to wait because those people matter more than someone trying to frighten me out of a tax policy. And now... It's, well, we got attacked by National and we're worried about the impact on us. So we are going to jettison it for that time. And suddenly that urgency has gone. Now, strategically, you can really understand when someone's smashing you with something, you just want to stop the pain and you want to take that away and off the table. And that's what they've done. But it is a bit of a credibility hit because all that passion for let's do this and let's do this right now suddenly becomes, oh, Let's not do this because it's frightening some people, and I'm worried about losing votes. So Let's yes, do I understand. This. Let's do this later. Let's mm. do this later. I understand why they've done it, but they are going to get a bit of uh, yeah. a, a bit of a stick. Um, taken to them with it.
2: The the timing is interesting because they were being beaten with the stick for some time uh, for weeks and weeks and then they do it this close to election day. Maybe it's because people are voting already I mean and that's that's something you've raised Guy on, because we've got early voting now, people are still uh, faced with what uh, they would regard as uncertainty and Grant Robertson couldn't say enough about certainty when he came out to do his press stand up. He talked
1: about having to balance urgency with certainty. Let's actually hear that right now and you can pick up after we've, we've listened. This is Grant Robertson this morning.
4: That tax working group's work is urgent and important and that's why we need to get it underway. But we also need to balance that urgency with the certainty that New Zealanders need from their tax system. We will undertake the work and we will take it through to legislation. But no outcomes from the tax working group will come into force until the 2021 tax year, i.e. 1 April 2021.
1: And that is because why?
4: Because we want to get the balance right between the urgency of undertaking this work, of fixing the housing crisis, and of giving New Zealanders certainty. So the working group's recommendations will be part of the Labour Party's 2020 election? Correct. So we will be, uh, uh, you'll see in the documents that we've put out today, that it is our uh, expectation that we will have passed legislation uh, to implement whatever the Cabinet decides to take from the working group's recommendations, but it will not take effect until the next tax year and therefore people will be able to make their judgments on that.
2: So he was asked specifically whether he was they were taking a political hit over this. Is that why they did a U-turn or a back down? He he denied categorically that it's a back down or a U-turn. Which
3: is is nonsense, isn't it? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And he's he's couching it as we've listened to the voters, and he said that a lot. We've listened to New Zealanders. They want to be involved in the process. No, no, someone had a big stick, they were thrashing you with it, and you've now decided to snatch it back off them. And at, at a time where people are already going to the polls, to vote, which is a point I you I thought raised, it was, um,
3: I mean, very eloquently put by Grant Robertson because he's a great politician. But it was complete crap, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, balancing urgency. With certainty. He's come down very much on the side of urgency about his own polling, I think. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to say that this was... I mean, the urgency, and we heard it earlier from Jacinda Ardern, was about the housing issues and the housing crisis. This is why she grabbed that box, which was padlocked shut by Andrew Little. Remember? We've yep. come full circle this right back it. round to Andrew Little and his policy of not touching this till post-2020. And you have to say, and it might sound unkind, this has been a schmozzle from last but it's been her biggest era in this short time she has had a fantastic god it's only since August 1 she's had mm. a pretty amazing ride as a new leader and done very well in my view but this has been a disaster. It was a captain's call. Yeah, well, this is remember. The point. This is, is what I It was her to pick call to bring the box out yep. and bring the padlock. So she open. says.
2: Don't... So she. No. Well, we well, have to take
3: her. We have to take her at that word. That it she... certainly looked like it. She she came in and I. Well, remember she said it was. On, on the... exactly. Exactly. That's all we can exactly. go for. We yep. can't get into her head. She told us in public it was a captain's call. So she has to own this and you know she sent her, her finance minister her uh, putative finance minister out to make the announcement of course rather than doing it herself but she wanted to drag the, um, the sea chest out yep. and uh, take the padlock off no. it and now um, it goes back in the box again this
1: is this is the thing and so the, it now raises a question of judgement because of that Andrew Blittle as you say had it nicely locked away under the bed um, and you didn't have to you know there was a sign on it said don't open don't until 2020 <laughs> break glass in t- emergency <laughs> that's right don't touch this until twenty twenty, and she went. Oh no, my captain's call is. I'm going to bring that out, open it up, and hand it to National, and said, "Have
3: a whack with me." Turned out, they've been having some yeah. fun with it, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, they those, those tax ads have been pretty brutal. They've been pretty close to the border of what's true and what's not. But you'd ex- but kind that, of expect that in an the, election campaign. The
1: thing, the thing about hearing a her judgment is that is is my question is how people will respond to this. How do we think that people will actually take this? Because because National John Key made an art right of of, of, a, of a very effective U-turn. He, you go back over his years, the, the city rail link in Auckland, um, people are staying uh, staying on in Iraq. never numbers. Happened. Refugee it's numbers. It's an endless... Kiwi um, um, saver working for families, commu- you know, it's communism yep. by stealth. So U-turns so are U-turns not uncommon. So they
3: are pretty rare at this they, point in a
1: campaign. That's a point, but they also trust there was an underlying trust with that, right, that the people went, yep, John is listening to us, he's doing something, he's responding to to need. Will they forgive oh. her in the same way or will they judge her harshly for I this?
2: don't think voters give a toss, how how this has come about, they will just look at it as, okay, we now know how they stand, where they stand on that and I don't have to worry about this for another three years I mean, we can look at the entrails of it all, but uh, turnaround is not always a bad thing, case mm. in point, being the turnaround on the leadership of the <laughs> of the Labour Party. Party. At the 11th hour when nobody would pick, nobody predicted that they were going to ditch Andrew Little, change leaders so late in the game, I think that has clearly worked in their favour and they have seen a weakness in themselves in their policy that they have not been to, able to cover off. No matter how many times you say the word transparency and I'm going to have a commission and it's going to be all right it does not wash with
3: voters i largely agree with that because in a fast paced election campaign where a day kind of feels like a week this in the next news cycle tomorrow friday this will be probably there will be something else right and they have now probably put this to bed a couple of caveats on that. One, early voting. There will be yeah. some people in New Zealand, some, who have gone out to vote for another party other than Labour because they were freaked about their tax policy. So, you know, early voting is a bit of an issue there, which is something we talked but about briefly But don't you before. think
2: that is exactly why they uh, have done yeah, it now? good point. Fif- I, yeah, predictions, I think so 50% fifty yeah. percent. So 50% they've got to do it right
3: now. Yeah. The other caveat, um, having agreed with you, the other caveat is this is the first dent. This is the first dent in Jacindra Ardern's... Remember, this is the politician who was never going to, to tell a lie in politics and can get through without telling... And I'm not saying that this is a lie, but it's the first dent in her. It was her captain's call, it was her thing to do, and it's turned into a bit of a schmuzzle. So for some people, that will play into the narrative of, oh, is she quite up for this yet? And if National exploits that quite ruthlessly, which because they the ch- may do, yeah. then it, it, it'll it'll um, that'll count against them to a degree. Having said all that, I think I agree with Lisa. It was the right thing to do
1: because Labor had lost the narrative, all right. And so this allows them potentially yeah, to to now. start talking about health and housing, which is what they desperately want to start talking about again. But the problem is for her is that people will then s- will look and go because National's playing the safe card, right? We're the safe pair yeah, of hands.
3: Yeah. So d- does does right. does and Labor say, still look a bit can risky? Can we trust you on tap? Yeah. is the narrative because you've changed your mind it was going to be this it was going to be that and now you're saying you're going to do something different so that's the, the narrative that Lisa as I say
1: that you're right That the modern politics seems to be people kind of go hey if you've said you listened and you changed your mind yep. let's move on yep. and, so and avoids, see whether they can it get avoids away it.
2: every commercial and Billboard and Facebook post that National has been they'll be you seriously
1: know, making w- some w- new ones work, no.
2: working on this <laughs> week with you know farting cows and orange juice but as I
1: say National's not in, a, not in much of a position to start attacking them on, on U-turns now yep. so, so you know that doesn't does potentially de-teeth them a little bit.
2: And the other thing about the, I suppose, the reasoning behind the U-turn, I don't think we should forget that there was a poll. And let's talk week. about yeah, polls. let's talk about yeah. polls. So, so there was a poll, which was the, the um, News Hub Read Research poll, which showed National ahead on forty around 47%, and Labour had dropped just by 1.6%, but down to 37.8%. To so there you had national ahead by a considerable chunk when we've seen other polls that have put Labour ahead. And the timing of this poll is really important. People were being polled between the 6th and the 11th of this month. Let's jog your memories. What happened around that time? The TV 3 leaders debate. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was a hole. That was a hole. That was Stephen Joyce (laughs) chucking a grenade into a hole. That sounded
3: about 11.7... It's a billion
2: (laughs) deep. (laughs) Metres deep. So, he raises it on the night of the Leaders debate and it gathers some fuel. A lot of debate about whether it's true or not, but it gathered a lot of press, a yeah. lot of fuel, and this was what was sort of bubbling away in the background. That's right. And
1: let's be clear: there, there, you know, we, we don't think it is true, right? Let's let's try and let's be, be courageous about that. There's nothing there there in on, terms of the whole.
2: There's guy on one person.
1: No, no, <laughs> no. But 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 it it it's about spreading
3: doubt. It's a tactic to it spread doesn't matter, doubt. It, And that is what. Well, speaking of doubt, this is the problem. That the voters have got right. TV3's poll is saying that National is well ahead, yep. and TV1's poll has been showing that Labor's significantly ahead. So we've got a real problem there, and there's a, a, a bunch of things to talk about. Firstly, we're not seeing as many polls. The Digipoll, the Fairfax poll that used to exist, polls
2: are expensive, have, and that is been, why. Yep. And the
3: media's broke, so we haven't been doing as many, <laughs> and 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 that is an issue. And And even the politicians are complaining about that Yeah, that's right So it it is hard and confusing for the public Especially as we've gone right through this caucus Mm -hmm. meeting this morning Um, We're talking about early voting And people are making decisions on where they think the state of play is actually going to be what are our thoughts about why such divergence in the two most high-profile polls and the impact of that on voters and, and why that might be? Okay.
1: Look, can I, before, because you yes. want to explain detail, I'll just make a very brief observation because mm. because my detail on this is, is is not as strong. I guess my point would be, because it's bouncy, we've seen a rapid change, 19 points in a month with, with, with Labour, whether that's exactly the thing, things have changed rapidly. People, I think... As we, like, we said, I think we've said on caucus before, people wanted a chance to have a look at Jacinda. This was a new leader, and so what the change of leadership did for Labour was allow people to go and look at them again. Now, some of those people, having looked, are going to like it. Some of them are not. And that's maybe what we're trying to see, that reaction of people taking a look at Labour again and having a rethink. So the, the, some of the polling people I've spoken to use the word bouncy. Um, they talk about bouncing around. The, and, and what mm. I, I get to from everybody is, It's too soon to tell. There is no trend to be seen here yet. We just don't know.
2: Mm. I suppose the points I'd make is they're two separate polls, you can't compare them you've got to look at one and then look at the other I can talk about the um, the three news uh, read research polls so we do 75% phone polling landline, 25% online polling, now the way the online polling works and it's aimed to get a, a um, younger demographic, people aged 18 to 35 so 25% of the people polled come from that online group, it's from consumer research lists that have been compiled over years. So a pool of people who have said that they would answer um, surveys via the internet. So it is self-selecting in some ways. They send out... To, to this pool of people to see who wants to answer um, questions around uh, you know, their their political views and voting habits. But the number of people who want to do that is way larger than, than the group that you need. So the first group comes back and it's self-selecting, and then from within that group, you randomly select the number you need to make up the other 25%. Randomly, right, being the, the key word 20, there. Yep. The other 25% of the poll. So... Um, that that's kind of interesting because as far as I know, our poll is the only one who does. Yeah, and Palmer
3: certainly when when I was political editor at TV uh, One, and I'm pretty sure it's the same now, used exclusively landlines. Yeah. So that is the major difference. Weirdly too, though, eh? You, you kind of might think that the online. Uh, addition Would be more favourable to, to Labor. Yep. Yeah, maybe that's just my intuition, but. Yeah. but to, the, to the young and yeah. therefore the yeah. left. Yeah. Is yeah, the but, idea, but it's working but the other way. Yeah. I, I mean,. Well, it, it, t- the, the we pol- don't
2: know, do we? Because we don't know which people are specifying no. who they would vote for. The reason it's 25% is that at the time this decision was made, about 25% of people said they didn't have a landline. Right. So, so a correlated, correlated. Well, it's with a nervous that. time right. for
3: pollsters, isn't yeah. it? Because one of these one of these companies, and I've got a lot of respect for both of them, to be fair, in yeah. these pollsters. and what I like about them is they're being consistent in themselves so they're not generating wildly fluctuating numbers Mm. so I've got no issue with that um, but it does leave it confusing for voters. Maybe you just have to be quite simple and say, "Well, split the difference," and, and you say that they're both pretty much locked in at um, you know and, and in the, the early forties, and that it's pretty mm-hmm. level peaking.
1: And the indication we're getting from both of the major parties who are polling every few days at the moment is that they are finding their numbers okay. somewhere in between. Are they? Is yeah, the phrases yeah. I, I'm hearing? So You're in, hearing in between those two polls, so splitting the difference might not be t- uh, such I, a bad idea. Yeah,
2: but I have looked back at the polls uh, over the last few elections from TV3's poll, and they are. Are within Coe from, oh, from the one, or, on. one or so percent. You know, if you look at the last poll that was taken, and it's usually the week before the actual election, then they are within one percent. Let's just take a random selection here. In 2011 um, election, Labor's, the, the poll that we had was, for, uh, sorry, national, 47.3 percent is what we polled. What did they return at the election? 47.3 percent. Labor 25.8. What did they return? 27.5. The the one that was most out was 2014. I had a chat to Patty Gower about that this morning, and he reckons it was because we polled earlier in 2014 before the moment of truth and the internet and pop party national backup and that pop national yeah, backup. But yes, generally, they are really quite yep, consistent. Yeah, we've been well
3: served by polls in New Zealand, with a couple of notable exceptions. I think Jim Bolger had a, a line <laughs> at a one very time. bad night. Um, but I do think it raises, and we won't spend much more time on polling because um, we simply don't know um, who's right. but I do think that there might be a role for the Electoral Commission in the future um, to do polling Um, I think it's really important and I think if the media um, for commercial reasons, and I understand that, it's very expensive, can't do it, then I reckon we're going to have to need to have a conversation at least about whether the electoral commission possibly um, does polling rather than only leaving it to uh, the commercial companies. I don't think we've been well served on on this this time especially if you're looking at one of those minor parties and you're looking at the Greens and they're on 4.9 or you're looking at top and they're on 3 I I think that polling is very, very important in an MNP election. I reckon there's yeah. a role you know for the electoral commission who could easily spend a million dollars a year on polling or whatever it was going to be It's so an that's interesting idea for given for we talked
1: last us. week about the um the, the need for some kind of independent arbiter on on not yep. um, you know load everything onto the electoral commission <laughs> no, no. But, <laughs> but, but it's but a similar it's yeah. a similar point yeah. isn't it that we could have some some referees on yeah. this game
3: and one uh, speaking of referees I suppose <laughs> you or needed arbiters one. or <laughs> um or polls indeed. Um, several segue points there to get to um, <laughs> the way that M- MMP elections tend to end and that's Winston Peters um, yes. because um, we we are largely in the position where we think that um, many of the polls will show that he may well have a a deciding influence on the makeup of government I had the pleasure of um, spending some time with him this morning uh, talking about what his options might look like Um do you guys have some thoughts? about? That? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that? well, yes,
2: that was incredibly interesting and partly because he uh, had come out early in the week, it's, I think it was this week, it's all blurring into one, <laughs> yes. and saying "Oh, about Labour, that they needed to pony up and talk about their tax policy and there wasn't enough detail and he wouldn't be going into a coalition with someone if he didn't have the detail. And then he's got this raft of policies where there is very little detail about how much those policies are going to cost and I mean there's debate about that but we're at the very least we're talking billions well it's billions well, let's of dollars billions. let's mention that because
1: cause these are some big ones yeah. wiping off student debt yeah, um, which is obviously a, a multi-billion-dollar promise—a
3: universal student allowance, a universal student education. allowance. Yep.
1: yep. Um, we have the uh, GST off
3: food slash basic yep. food. On, on his website, website this morning was three billion, and then it was amended. I think during the yep. interview, I
2: googled it during the course of your interview. And that and, changed it, and it had disappeared. The original costing had disappeared.
3: So there are multi-billion dollar other policies, yes. North, including... Northport, yep. um, Taking um, the railway line to, to North Port, Superannuation. This is like the generation game. It's buzz,
1: if you can I can't another get a word and a cuddly toy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, yeah, there is a big long list and, and he was, I'm sorry, he was flapping around like a f- fish on the wharf, trying to explain the costings for his policies and I think if you're if you going to throw stones at other people. Yeah.
3: But y- Tim's mentioned this before, um, and uh, you know, it's, I've heard it from him a number of times. It's almost as though we don't hold him to the same standards as other parties you know. I mean we've Mm. had intense scrutiny over Labour and let's be fair to Labour I don't think any party has put out fiscals with such detail as Labour does and they do it every time, they take this stuff seriously and National's been in government so they've had the Treasury running their numbers and that's all you know is what it is Um, does this guy just think that he can put out policy and put some vague numbers on it and then just walk away from it because he, he seems pretty unembarrassable about whether or not it all adds up well,
1: b- because I think voters see this through the prism of him not being a major par- partner, and I think right, um, right back maybe in our first call when we were talking about the suggestion that that New Zealand First might actually be a significant player, we we raised that point that well. If he's going to actually be um, equal with with labor potentially, then we need to take those costings as, as seriously. But because because suddenly we have to see him in a different frame. But but back where we are now, with him below ten percent in the in the con- on current polling, people look at him as the guy to keep the buggers honest. So they don't actually look at his detail. They like what his mm. what Grant Robertson would call his direction of travel. Um, and they, <laughs> they, they they say, yep, he's kind of basically an economic um, uh, you know a nationalist. nationalist. I suppose, he's yeah. he's kind yeah. of gonna um, build some houses. He kind of wants to, you know, look after the old people. And they and they we don't have. And, and frankly, if you're going to be the decider, as he wants to be, and his party wants to be, but isn't it be, funny? Yeah, that, of course we, should be, costing. Up his bottom, we should be costing we,
3: we, it. So there's the uh, there's the uh, policy cost, but then there's also the bottom lines, and everyone's been running around counting the bottom lines. I think most people get to eight or nine, and you can put them all on a list, and they look fantastic. They do. And then you ask him, um, has he got any bottom lines? Well, and, and he says this. Do you have bottom lines? No, you write them for me because I don't use the word bottom line. You don't have any bottom lines? No, no, you people write the word bottom line. I have never gone out talking about bottom lines.
2: I could barely stop my eyebrows going through the roof when I heard that this morning. Um, no, I, he mentions bottom lines all the time. Well, I can
1: quote one directly from uh, from last year. I'm making no bones about it. We will give these people a fair go. And yes, this is a bottom line, and it shouldn't have to be. But, That's Winston Peters last year on Mandary entry to Pike River.
2: But that is the thing. Winston Peters is the mm. master of diversion. So it's kind of like... And I know, just want to go back to something you said earlier, Guy, on whether we have um, exposed him to the same level of scrutiny. And I think people would, well, I've got a vested interest in this, I'm in the media, but mm. I think we have tried to apply the microscope to his policies. When the guy doesn't turn up to the minor parties debate, multi-party debate, whatever you want to call it, debate, um, he's refused to turn up to two of those. Uh, that's a forum where you get to a contest of ideas, you get to throw things around the parties, get to mix it up together. He has avoided uh, that those those forums and also whenever you sit down and the interview this morning was exactly that when you try and sit down and have a conversation where you drill down into the detail it turns into this sort of tennis match where the ball is being slammed back and forward (laughs) and then you are some you know um, amateur economist (laughs) and and what have you and I'm sending someone out to the car to get a piece of paper And the difference
1: difference this morning was time which is interesting time is our enemy in all of these interviews that we do, and because he can always play tennis for four or five minutes, twenty-five minutes he couldn't. No, and that was the difference.
2: Time in. picked him apart. But from a listener's point of view, the moment for me was when it was like the diversionary tactic was: I'm sending someone to the car to get a piece of paper out of the book. But <laughs> well, he, he was good to this conversation.
3: I'm not quite sure it made his point, but that was um, when we were talking uh, about coalition arrangements. And interesting this week from Jacinda Ardern too, I thought um, that this she... This is substantial. Yeah. yeah. This, this really matters. Y- you pick this up. This is, um, this is her on this idea that there's a constitutional convention about whether the party that gets the largest number of votes gets the first crack at forming a government. Do you agree with Winston Peters' claim, and I use that word <laughs> deliberately, that there is a constitutional convention that the largest party gets first dibs on forming the government, or do you think not that that's... Con-
0: I would not rubbish. call it a constitutional convention. I would call it an expectation.
3: You would, claim, you would say it's an expectation... There has that the been lar- in the past. There and there you, you, been you been think that continues, that the largest party again, would have a...
0: Again- Again, that all depends on the makeup of those additional parties. But that's At expectation. The moment, yeah, I think people have a general expectation that that's what so happens. So your
3: aim is to beat National, get uh, higher than it North. is.
0: But I don't preclude our ability to form government without having that having the strongest percentage of party vote.
1: I thought that was fascinating. Expectation. He, he she actually went stronger in a way. She said it's not just. Uh, yeah, I think I the tone so. of her voice was was yeah. no. It's not I just conventional. That, you think that's a, I, I thought yeah. she actually took it on there and said no. I would expect that to happen. Mm. Now. There it's is brave nothing. Call in a way. It is a brave call, but there's actually nothing. Or not
2: because she says it's just a conversation. But there's nothing it's the in first it. first conversation. It
1: actually constitutionally there is nothing in it. Right? There no. is nothing to stop. If the constitutionally the rule is you have to be able to have a majority right. in parliament. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if the second, third, and fourth teams can beat no, the first right. team to to fifty percent, then they can form a government. But. The public are, I think, are in a different headspace to this. As, as we've heard, that has never happened. She's right, that has never happened before. Mm. Always the, the the party with the biggest slice of the vote um, gets to form the government in New Zealand. Now, at some point under MP, that's well, going to change. Mm. And that's going to be fascinating. So people have to get their head around that because it's possible. But at the moment, um, there is still clearly... What she's picking up on, I think, is that people would be quite shocked um, if the party with the biggest vote... Doesn't form the government, but it does but, give her. Sorry, I was going to say the, the the difference in this election
3: is how close it might be.
1: If it's five points out, if if one party's yes, five points ahead, for sure up, that's true. But, but if it, it's only a couple of points, here's the point about this: it though, could go right? the way.
3: Isn't she setting up a situation which makes it harder for Winston and harder for herself to convince the coalescing parties that she's going to be the prime minister if she's even slightly below national? Yes, yes, I mean, that's the danger. I'm of that not comment. saying it's you know writing it off, but it's an it's it's quite a it's a bit of a Cool, isn't it? it because is. you're, you're basically saying to national, you know, if you're at 43, I'm um, at 41, then you really have more of a mandate to govern, and who knows what those post-election talks are going to be like. But I guess my um, point
1: is that I don't think Peter's has to actually play by those rules. He could go to a 41 over a 43. Yeah, It'll and be, I, and I, know, totally it could likes, go. Yeah. It and could, I, you
2: know, I think it that was what he go. was indicating to you this morning, when again it came up, although you said, you know, constitutional, and he called you on using that word. No, he said, no he, yeah, I, yeah.
3: yeah, that's right, but he's wrong. I hate yeah. to say it, mate, if you're listening again. Winston, I went back and checked the speech, and you did, mate. Yeah, he did use the So word, he so. accepted
2: that it, that it's convention to call it what we will, talk to constitutional the constitutional par- convention uh, yeah. by Winston's own words. Yes, yeah. to to talk to the party with the most votes. But both he and Jacinda Dern accepted that that might party might not feature no. in the final lineup.
1: But when it's so neck and neck, when you're inside a polling margin of error of a couple of percent, then I think it's very hard to uh, argue a t- tight mandate. If it's five percent or more, yes, harder. it depends on the gap. Yeah, exactly. Um. It, which leaves us, I guess, with this week with the minor parties and where they're they're left. We have the Greens in this poll. Um, Do they actually take part in these negotiations and conversations because they might not be 5%? Yeah,
2: so 4.9% for the Greens. And I have to say, when I saw James Shaw interviewed um, on the day the poll came out, Man, that looked like a desperate fella. Oh, who, that was begging,
3: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that
2: that was begging for votes. Um, I interviewed Jacinda June that day and, and said to her, Well, does this change anything, any deal with the Greens? Even a nod, even just a, you know, kind word yeah, uh, made up their mind on no, that, didn't they? Absolutely not. And she's but she was firm on the fact that she thinks they're gonna get there. Under their own steam. Interestingly enough, we talk about polls. The Greens tend to. Um, Quite dramatically. Yeah, they tend to. shoot
3: from where w- their polling has yeah, been. Yeah, they bottom out a that little bit. That is one of the very consistent things we can say in all the polls yep. for a number of elections that the Greens have been anywhere from 15 to 20 or 30 percent below. Where they were, there was one poll we were looking at earlier yeah. from TV3, which had them at fourteen on the poll before the election, and they got ten, 10 point something. 10. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they, they do t- undershoot. So yep. they must be worried. Look, even if polls are showing them slo- uh, there or thereabouts, they got to be worried still, right? So they will be. Yeah, they are, and I think they
1: are. Um, I think the the Greens will be uh, working on the hope and assumption that the low turnout is a motivator. That actually, at, th- at this point, it is so low that they're really into their core base. Um, and that people, when they're confronted with the fact of losing them all together, mm. will actually come back. So you, and you see it as Labor, a call to arms. It, it is a call to arms. And they're, they're, the Greens are talking a lot, like all the other parties now, about turnout as voting has started. You start talking to the parties now, that turnout word, the cars going round to the... You know, I've yeah. been sent around now. Um, the, the car is on its <laughs> way, people, <laughs> to pick you up well, and it take it you to vote. So they're, the they're really focused on their base, and they're going to talk. I mean, I was—I would have thought they would be talking purely environment at this point, and just going for that green base. But you see, this week they released policy on mental health, on student allowances. Mm. So they're still trying to to win it And both I've ways. got
3: half an hour with James Shaw tomorrow on Morning Report. If anyone wants to send me a question for him, <laughs> Oh well, Here's a little put. <laughs> I'll send you a couple. <laughs> it's usually Tim it does the plugs late at night.
1: <laughs> hey, um. Anything else you want to say before the end of the show? I know,
3: the countdown is real.
1: Ten days, people. We have one more caucus before, um, before Election Day. Which I guess And then, some what is our a memorandum
3: bit. of understanding? Is it negated at that? Is it, it voided at that point? <laughs> yeah. I think
1: I think we, I think we have bets a, are a, off <laughs> after that. Yeah. The, memo, the memo takes us through to one meeting after the election to negotiate terms, and then we can see whether we can, we can negotiate a, a caucus Beyond or that. not. that, <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I'm Tim Watkin. I'm Guyan Espiner. And I'm Lisa Owen. And this was this week's Caucus. Our theme music is by Copra Music. If you're enjoying Caucus, please do look at our app um, on uh, from the App Store, the RNZ app, and find all the other great podcasts that are there this week. You might enjoy the history podcast, Black Sheep or Eyewitness. uh, And uh, we'll see you one week out from the election next week. (laughs) Woohoo!